It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder seeing Jalen Williams get named Rookie of the Month, SGA, is a Player of the Month nominee, plus your mailbag questions. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we are diving into your mailbag questions. What can this Thunder core look like for the future? When is the Thunder rebuild going to be over? And who are some draft targets for the Thunder? Plus, let's talk J-Dub winning Rookie of the Month and SGA being a nominee for the Western Conference Player of the Month. Thank you so much for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms and on YouTube. So, Jalen Williams wins Rookie of the Month, which is exciting, obviously. Anytime that your, uh, you know, draft pick is going to be bestowed upon this honor. Josh Giddy last year, if you recall, won every single Western Conference Rookie of the Month award whenever he was healthy. Now, Jalen Williams wins the first Rookie of the Month award for this season. He averaged this month 10 points three rebounds, two assists. He shot 52% from the floor, 30% from three. The other nominees were Taris, uh, Tarisen, Jabari Smith Jr., Keegan Murray, and Shaden Sharp. J-Dub's game against the Spurs was electric. It was his career high, 27 points. Uh, first 20-point game, hit the dagger floater, scored at all three levels, defended at a high clip. Like, Jaden Williams was really, really good against San Antonio. That might have been the icing on the cake to push him forward for this award, but it was awesome to see that he was able to capture the Rookie of the Month award. And the Thunder continue to find, you know, the the guys that can take home this award, as Josh Giddy did all last year. Of course, Josh Giddy ended up making an all-rookie team. Jalen Williams seems to be in line right now, too, as well, obviously. If the, uh, if the season ended today, I think that he'd be on an all-rookie team, uh, just like Josh Giddy was. SGA. One uh, was a Western Conference Player of the Month nominee. He won Western Conference Player of the Week a couple weeks ago, uh, but he's a nominee for the monthly award. That award went to Devin Booker. I think that a lot of that was due to team success, honestly. I think a lot of that was due to like team record-wise because SGA's month was incredible for the Western Conference. Uh, Jason Tatum won it in the East, but SGA dropped 31 points, five rebounds, six assists per game. Uh, he shot 50% from the floor, 34% from three, 92% at the line, 
SGA had a 3.2 win shares in this month, and he played at an MVP level. Like There's just nothing more you can say. He had a career high in steals per game, uh, a career high in blocks per game. Steals per game was 1.7, so almost 2, uh, and then blocks was 1.2 per game. Uh, and still, while his usage rate was incredibly high and he was playing it with, with this MVP level of play, he only had 3.2 turnovers, uh, which is a career high, but is still a great respectable number uh, for what SGA's usage rate is in this one. So he played in 20 games this month, uh, missed that last ring at San Antonio, missed one, because remember, the, remember this award is combining the end of October and November. I missed a couple in the beginning of the season against Minnesota, and he played really well. I played at an MVP level. And I think that I just think that the determining factor had to have been, um, you know, wins and losses between him and Devin Booker in the Western Conference. And Jason Tatum, of course, deserves it uh, tenfold in the Eastern Conference. SGA also has a career high in rim finishing, 66% at the rim in this season, and then tied his career high in mid-range uh, shooting at 46%. So that was great as well in terms of the advanced numbers of how he's scoring and where he's scoring the ball uh, this season. SGA has just been on fire, as you all know. So congratulations to those two. We talked a lot on yesterday's podcast about what Jalen Williams can be and um, kind of his ceiling. So if you want a more of an in-depth conversation on Jalen Williams, the second segment yesterday was all about that. But I think that Jalen Williams can be an all-star caliber player and we go in depth on why I think that in uh, segment two of yesterday's podcast. So go back and listen to that on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcast from. So let's dive into your mailbag questions from at, uh, these are on Twitter, from at Klimikafu. Uh, what should the expectations of this team be in three years if it's SGA, Chet Holmgren, Victor Mignogna, and Josh Kitty as the core of the team? Uh, yeah, the expectations of that team is a championship-level team. Like, you're, you're expecting... SGA to continue to play at an MVP level. You're expecting, you know, Victor Mignogna to be everything he's hyped up to be and be healthy and and, and just be this, this superstar player as well, joining SGA. And then Chet Holmgren can be a superstar. Josh Giddy can be an all-star kind of player. We'll see how they pan out in their respect, you know, in their respective careers. I think that people should be extremely excited about Chet Holmgren uh, returning whenever it is that he's fully healthy next season um, and beyond. So, yeah, that is a championship-level core, and you have to factor in, too, that the Thunder would have cap space and they would have uh, a mountain of draft picks to, to, to go and trade for those glue guys and rotational pieces to shore up everything that you need to win a championship with veteran leadership and with guys who've been there before. Yeah, three years from now, if if on your roster has been SGH at home run, Victor Mignogna and Josh Giddy, and that's your core. Yeah, you you would be a championship level team, and you would be a team that uh, should be contending, and would be contending. Like there's there's no doubt in my mind that that team would contend uh, for a, a title and be one of the better teams in the NBA. At MK three two five four nine one, is the tank over in OKC? Uh, it is over in the sense of tank, but it's not over in the sense of perception because anytime the Thunder lose, like they can lose any game, any which way. And people just go, Oh, they're tanking. Oh, they're tanking. Oh, they're tanking. They're not tanking. This, this team is going to feel the competitive team throughout the entire season. 
you're seeing even over SGA, you know, misses against the Spurs because he had that just horrendous fall against New Orleans. The team is deep enough to have still competitive NBA players on the floor uh, at any given moment. And they're not going to just purposely lose or not going to just finish the last 20 games with guys who don't belong in the G League, G League, much less the NBA. Like, they're not going to do that anymore. I, you know, I wouldn't bet money on it. So I think that that portion of it is over. That doesn't mean that they're going to go make a win-now move in, on the deadline. That doesn't mean that they're going to go push for the playoffs. But in terms of, like, manipulating the roster to lose games, they're not going to do that. Uh, the, the, there's just no room to do that. I mean, to do that, you'd have to get rid of some of these guys that you care about. The only person on this roster who you could swap their roster spot out in this full roster for a worse player and, and not really hurt yourself long-term would be Isaiah Joe. And Isaiah Joe's playing well, so you're not going to – you're not going to do that to Isaiah Joe, I wouldn't think. So this roster is what it is. You're not going to be able to shuffle in new pieces uh, into it, uh, you know, and worse pieces into it. This is just going to be how the Thunder play the whole season. Now, maybe the final 10 games, if guys are dealing with a bruised, you know, kneecap, there's no point to play them in the final 10 games. I mean, maybe you get to that point standing-wise. Uh, but overall, uh, the, this team will not be tanking. This team will be playing it out as they have been all season. And – as we've seen all season, it's not a terrible team, but it's also not a playoff team. Like as we've seen all season, they've been playing it out. They've been trying their hardest to win. They're nine and thirteen. That they are. They are a team that is young, and they're gonna. They're going to make mistakes at the end of games. They're gonna need to learn how to close out games and win them. Uh, and they're gonna get their fair share of wins as well. Like this is not going to be an embarrassing level team. This is not going to be a a top six team in the NBA. This is not going to be a tanking team. Like this is just going to be a team, like a team that is young and you can see the pieces, you can see the development and you can see kind of the, the vision of what they're putting together. But yes, I think that the tank part is over, although it won't feel that way because every loss is just going to have an abundance of tank gifts attached to them. And that's kind of how this thing will roll from now on. We'll get into more of your questions coming up, but first I want to tell you right now, this show is brought to you by bet online. But online has the latest odds and news and scores. That way you can go bet on anything that you want to from the World Cup to football, both pro and amateur, to basketball, both pro and amateur, golf, hockey, martial arts, soccer, tennis, you name it. Everything esports related even, they have it there for you. But let's focus on basketball. Let's go to the NBA and you can bet on today's action, which the Thunder don't play today, but you can bet on the Bulls and the Warriors. The Warriors are seven and a half point favorites at home. The line for tomorrow's Thunder game is not out yet because I think that that's, of course, tied to SGA's injury report not being out yet. But the Mavericks are one and a half point uh, favorites on the road in New York. And the Mavericks have not been getting wins recently. So maybe uh, check in on that one against New York uh, at 1140 a.m. What a weird time that is for a Saturday. Championship Saturday, they're going to play a noon basketball game. Okay. Anyway, check it out. Uh, at Bet Online, where the game starts, make sure you go over there and check it out at Bet Online. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunder Pod. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. 
Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into your mailbag questions, and we're going to get into our first draft question uh, from at C uh, stick. What do you think is a realistic range for the Thunder's pick? And also who is a realistic uh, target in that range? So if you just fire up tankathon.com, I like where the Thunder are at. If you look at the, just the reverse standings of where the Thunder are at right now, uh, maybe the Lakers can jump over the Thunder and the Thunder fall to six. Maybe the Spurs can jump over the Thunder and the Thunder fall to five, but like five through eight is kind of where I see this Thunder team finishing in the reverse standings. And in that range, it comes, we won't really know until it gets closer and closer to the draft, right? Because guys are going to rise, guys are going to fall, uh, there's going to be injuries, there's gonna be whatever. But just some names that I like in the vicinity of five through eight. I love Cam Whitmore. I have Cam Whitmore number three, but a lot of places don't have him that high. Uh, if the Thunder can get Cam Whitmore, I absolutely love it. Uh, I think that Brandon Miller would be a good option for the Thunder as well. Brandon Miller out of uh, Alabama, a freshman from Alabama, would be great. And then Anthony Black would be awesome. I'm not sure where he would go in terms of the five through eight range. I think that he'd be closer to like six or seven. But I like Anthony Black a ton uh, for me personally. But Anthony Black, Cam Whitmore, uh, Grady Dick is another thing, that, another name that I think is perfect for OKC. Let's see where his stock can get up to, though. Can it get that high? I still have him right now, you know, closer to 12, 13, 14 for Grady Dick. But for me personally, I think that he's a great fit for Oklahoma City. But my number one choice outside of Victor Mignogna and Scoot Henderson for the Thunder would be Cam Whitmore. And then, of course, you have the Thompson Twins. Like the Thompson Twins, um, I've seen them anywhere from 3, you know, 3, 4 to 3, 8 to, you know, 5, 8, whatever it is uh, for for the range of their pick. But the Thompson Twins, Cam Whitmore, um, th- those are the big ones. Plus, I think that Grady Dick would be a great fit for OKC. He just he provides what the Thunder need. Um in this draft. And there's always an option where the Thunder could be able to trade back into the first round and, uh, and get an additional pick as they did last year. Like, I think that we forget that last year, the Thunder just manufactured the 11th overall pick for Usman Chang. They, they did not trade 12. They didn't trade their, la- their later first round pick for it. They just, they just traded three future first round picks and got the 11th pick from the Knicks and, and was able to get Usman Chang. And so maybe they can do that. that similar thing in this draft uh, and, and pull off another, uh, selection somewhere down the road. But those are some of the names that I'm interested in in the draft. Let me know who you like in the draft in the comment section down below on YouTube uh, and also on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles at uh, bereavement life. Who would be better with the thunder scoot or Victor Mignogna? Well, I think that the thunder of course would take either one of them uh, because either one of them is going to be a superstar and all-star player. Um, to me, for the Thunder specifically, you shouldn't worry about the misfit because they're both going to be misfits, right? Like, like you should just, like, this is one where you, if the Thunder get the first overall pick, you purely look at who do you have a better grade on? Who do you think is a better player? You go around the room of scouts in Oklahoma City, you go around Sam Presti and his, and his trusted people, and you ask everyone who you think is the best player, who do you think will be the best player, and then you draft them because either one of them, you know, Scoot or Victor, they're going to have to work into a scenario that will be 
uh, presumably awkward at first. It, it, you know, it's not saying it can't work, but it'll just be awkward at first. Like it'll be awkward for, for Victor and, and Chet to play together at first. Uh, not to mention mixing in Poku is now, who's now become a really good rotational piece for you. And who's going to need NBA minutes um, next year. So you're going to have to work through Poku, Chet and Victor next year, or you're going to have to work through SGA, Scoot and Josh Giddy and Trey Mann next year um, as well. And, and, and J-Dub, wherever you want to slot him in at, because he's played everywhere from the one to the four, uh, for the Thunder this year. So, like, it's going to be awkward. Neither one of them fit like a glove. Therefore, the pressure's off of you, right? The pressure's off of you to go the fit route. It's on you to go the best player route. And once you go the best player route, well, then you just... uh you hopefully make the right choice and then you have the best player in the draft. So for me, it would be Victor Mignogna as the best player in the draft. Therefore, I would take Victor Mignogna. But I also wouldn't be scared to take Scoot Henderson. I just wouldn't. Watching Scoot Henderson play in person, he is much bigger than he is listed at. Like he's listed at 6'2", 195, but he plays much bigger than that. And I think that with Scoot Henderson... He plays much bigger than that. He's working off ball, even in games, but also even like in his um, in his warm ups. He's playing off ball. He warms up coming off of screens. He warms up trying to find a way to play off of of other guards, and that is a big deal that he's willing to do that and shows the willingness to to kind of be a secondary player as well uh, as a primary on ball player, which is the trait that he needs to play in Oklahoma City, obviously, because the Thunder have these plethora of guards. So for me, either one would be a, just a absolute blessing for Oklahoma city and would really put a bow on your rebuild, but it'd be Victor number one still for me. But I was extremely impressed watching Scoot Henderson uh, and talking to Scoot Henderson after the games against the blue. Uh, If you follow this podcast back during the Cade Cunningham draft, it reminds me a lot of Jalen green. Yes. I had Cade number one all year long. But all year long, I also said that Jalen Green was my was my one B, not my number two. Uh, I love Scoot Henderson that much, but of course, Victor Mignogna is the one you need to take. And even in terms of fit, uh, I think that it'd be easier to mesh Victor and Chet together than maybe Scoot and all these other guards together, maybe. But I'm not worried about fit with either one of these two players with the Thunder Core. Like I think that the Thunder Core can handle either option. And as I said on the last podcast, like not all these guards are going to work out. So like. Scoot will. Scoot will be a superstar. But not all of the Thunder guards on the roster right now is going to work out besides Shea. So you're going to have Shea and Giddy and Scoot, and those guys can make it work if it comes to that, if it comes to, you know, the Thunder getting the second overall pick. So it'll be very exciting if the Thunder were able to get either one of them, no matter how or when or whatever, they got either one of them. So that, that'll be a lot of fun to see. But, yes, I still have uh, Victor Mignogna number one. At OKC Buck, thoughts on the record in three years with current players only? And just basing on how they're going to progress. Uh, I mean, obviously that's very hard, but my thoughts in three years with, if, if, even if Thunder skip their current players. And of course I'm going to include uh, Chet getting healthy. This team could be a playoff team for sure. Like they, it could be a playoff team for sure. Uh, and like not a play in, but like a playoff team uh, in three years, but we'll see how they all develop and how they all progress at hogs fan underscore two, uh, 2001. If the Thunder, do not get one or two. Who was number three prospect? Kim Whitmore for me. And then he he also asks, would the Thunder 
really start trying to in the tank next year once uh, Chet comes back. I mean, yeah, the, the, I think that the tank part of it is over. And also, yes, whenever Chet's back, like the Thunder, it, it'll be hard to envision this team not being a playing team next year, uh, which, you know, that that all depends a lot on how the Western Conference shakes out and how other teams manipulate their roster. But uh, it'll be a borderline playing team for sure, just based on doing nothing, but 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 adding Holmgren back, not to mention if you if you make any sort of trades or anything that you do in that in that capacity. So yeah, the tank would be over next year for sure for me. And then at real uh, Brennix is Poku making a leap? I think that he is for sure making a leap, and is I think that this is like a legit uh, a legit sample size from him to, to, to be considered a actual rotational piece and to be considered an actual NBA player um, for the length of, uh, of time now, where he's like a rotational piece for the thunder. My only question is, is just how good can the shooting be? Like, like I think that it's obviously much improved no matter what, like even if it craters down a little bit, it'll still be better than what it was um, in years past. But you look at his shooting right now and he's shooting 42% from three. He's shooting 40% in the corner. I was just say he's shooting 40% in the non-corner, shooting 47% on corner threes. Obviously, those are all career highs. They're all career highs by like 20%. So, can they stay at that level of like 42% from three, 40% in the non-corner, 47% in the corner three? Can they stay at those 40-plus percentage points? Or do they come down a bit to, you know, 35 34%, which is still a massive improvement for Pokashevsky. Uh, But we're up to 62 three-pointers now from Poku, and he's still shooting 42%. So I think that the shooting is real. I think that the shooting is going to be something that is like a legit weapon for him. Uh, and then we'll see how he how he manages scoring inside a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, his help side defense is tremendous. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So I think that the Poku leap is real, where he's at least a, a player that can be a part of your rotation. And that is saying a lot for Pokushevsky. Like, that is saying a lot for where he started at in his NBA career. And you just have to give him time as a 20-year-old who was not supposed to be in the NBA until this year. Like, if you if you recall, there are many conversations that we had on this podcast after the draft where I would tell people, no, the Thunder are going to bring him over right now. And they'd go, what? Really? I didn't think that they would do that. And they did it anyway, and they brought him over, and he wasn't very good. But now he's gotten that experience, and now he's playing at a very, very high level. So I'm, I'm ex- extremely excited for Pokoshevsky. Uh, at MK325491. Who has been the biggest surprise for the team this year? Uh, I'm going to say Poku, but that seems like a competent answer, so I'll give you another answer as well. But Pokashevsky for sure has been the biggest surprise, especially in a positive way. Uh, in a negative way, it's been Trey Mann. I, I thought that the preseason, uh, he just looked poised for like a a tremendous year, and of course that hasn't happened, but some of that has been due to um, you know the injury that he suffered. Uh, he has not been the same player since he came back, although he did play really well against the Spurs, so maybe... That will kind of kick his uh, season into gear. But he's been the biggest disappointment for me. Uh, but also, uh, a pleasant surprise has been Jeremiah Ramosanero cashing in 40% of his threes this year, which I had told you all last year, this guy can shoot, this guy can shoot, this guy can shoot. And y'all got a little bit fed up with me for keep saying that whenever he wasn't actually shooting well. Uh, but now he actually is cashing them in. And so uh, that's good to see. We, we all knew he could shoot. It was just a matter of the, of the shots falling. Uh, so then at uh, Daver8741, do we think the fans will start showing back up if the winning continues? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, I think that the fans will start showing back up. They should show back up regardless. In my opinion, if you live in Oklahoma City or around Oklahoma City close enough to where you can go up to a game, if you can afford it, if you can uh, manage it with your time, whatever it is, if, if you have a pathway to go to the Thunder Games, you should be going to the Thunder Games. They're very fun. This team is very fun. And you will be watching this team grow and, and learn to play together and learn to win games together. You'll watch them in that Bulls game in overtime figure things out, you know, uh, within themselves of how to overcome uh, the adversity of getting, you know, getting blown out at first and blowing a lead then going to overtime then then winning the game late. Like you're going to see this young team kind of work through all these problems. And then, you know, in, in five years, whenever this team is back cooking and is, is in the midst of another great run, which I think that that run will come pretty soon. Uh, whenever it is that that, 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 that run does come, you're going to be able to say I was in there for the first year or two of it whenever they still were just too young to win games. I think that this team will start winning again, like like really, really winning, uh, if not next year, the year after. And you're going to be a part of kind of the infancy stages of what this team is building and what this team is trying to to become, I think. I think that that'll be very cool uh, to be a part of. So I think the fans will start showing up uh, as the season progresses this year, uh, no matter if the wins or losses do come, because again, I don't think that the losses will be uh, created equally as last year, like like the year last year and the year before, whenever they were rolling out players who weren't NBA players, I understand why it it didn't feel like you should go out to the uh, to the arena if it wasn't just in- incredibly easy for you. But now, even if the losses do come, this roster is is seventeen guys deep of players who you can actually care about, who you can actually invest in, who you can actually feel like has a legitimate shot uh, or a solidified shot to be with the Thunder long-term and to be on the other side of this rebuild. And so as we get more and more of those players in Oklahoma City, I think that the fan base will be, will, will become uh, more and more open with going back to games and and, and watching them and everything. And uh, hopefully it gets more accessible to watch them. Like, that's part of it too. Like, you've got to present this team in front of an audience to show them, hey, this is, they might lose a game, right? That this might be a loss, but it's not the same loss. Like, this is actually a fun loss. This is actually a fun game to play. The problem is Bali Sports has not been very accessible. And so now Bali Sports has their new package where you can uh, subscribe to them directly uh, if your TV provider does not have them. And so maybe that will make more people subscribe to them, watch the games, and then see for themselves how how much better the Thunder are playing. And then that in turn makes them go to games. Whatever the case is, hopefully more people do go to games because this team does deserve a lot more fan support because they are playing a lot better uh, basketball in the Paycom Center this season. So make sure that you check them out. Make sure that you check us out at Lockdown Thunder. Subscribe for uh, free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. It's also free on YouTube. Also, we're going to start doing a Lockdown Thunder watch playback, which is a way for you to watch games with me. For more on that, go to Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. We're going to start doing that for most Thunder Road games where we just watch the game together and we sit down and watch the game uh, together and break it all down. Then we're going to hop on and record our post-game show. So, Check that out. Get ready for that. Also, until tomorrow after we recap the uh, game in Minnesota, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.